to 24 minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are running through the flower fields, feeling all of our feelings, talking about Lucas Stone's film, Close. The intense friendship between two 13-year-old boys, Leo and Remy, suddenly gets disrupted. Struggling to understand what has happened, Leo approaches Sophie, Remy's mother. Close is a film about friendship and responsibility. This week is a very special episode because, in fact, we do have another guest with us on this pod. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and this topic is chosen by this guest uh, at Sweet P. Jess on Twitter. Uh, came in a, a third place, I believe, in our Oscar uh, predictions poll. Mm. And because of that, she got to choose a topic to the episode. And uh, she tossed it to us and was like, we should talk about this and I should join you. And uh, we were like, hell yeah, come on board. So uh, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Guys, thank you so much. I'm so excited. And I'm also so glad, even though I wanted to do a recap, that there was a movie that you hadn't seen yet. Me yeah, too. This, this is good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I'll save my feelings for when we get into it. <laughs> I have very mixed feelings right now. Very positive about the movie. Like I'm like, we are never opening up suggestions to a guest ever again, though, because I've like I've cried in the last more two hours than I have in the last like two years. It seems like so. Um, but yeah, this was fantastic. I'm super stoked to have you here. Oh, it's nice to be here. You guys are amazing. I love that you care so much about E24 films. It's nice to like find people that like what you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. You know, I mean, A24 is in a bit of a pickle right now because they have grown so mainstream. And mm -hmm. so people think it's cool to, you know, hate on some mainstream stuff. But look, we were here before they won the, all the awards. Let's just say they didn't create an Oscars record before we existed. So I feel like we're involved in that somehow, somewhere. For sure. For um, sure. 100%. So yeah, Jess, you chose... um close now this movie was nominated for best international feature film at the 2023 academy awards it was belgium's entry into that um and i get it totally get it now i see it uh this yeah. was our our friend clayton davis the senior awards editor over at variety this was his favorite movie of 2022 um i i'm gonna let you start start off jessica this was your pick this was your idea what do you think of Close overall? Give us a give us your relationship to the movie. Well, let's preface. Sorry, just quickly. <laughs> spoilers ahead. Like yes, that like, is fair. We just let's mark it now because we're gonna we're gonna get into it. <laughs> yep, spoiler territory for sure. So I was on a mission this year to watch all fifty four Oscar films, which was completed. Um, I know there were a couple that were unavailable streaming and we have a, a theater here called the Broadway in Salt Lake City that plays that does a run of the Oscar films leading up the shorts um documentaries whatever anyways they put this in like the weekend the week before and I was like I have to go it was like a, <laughs> it was like a Sunday and I'm like doing like back-to-back -back films at that theater nice. <laughs> and so I didn't usually for the Oscar films, unless it's like a big film, I don't go into it with a synopsis. I didn't know anything mm. about this film. And um, I mean, what do I say? <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was, it's so beautiful and devastating. Um, I have a lot of feelings about it, like Ben said that he has. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I feel like I don't know if I want to jump like right into this. Um, after I like bawled my eyes out, um, I just wondered in, in all filmmaking, why writers have such a difficulty approaching grief. Mm. Like that was my takeaway. <laughs> like, I just want, like, there was this relationship with this boy's mother and this other little boy. And even with his own parents that like, nobody could talk to this kid about what had happened. And like, I'm a really big advocate about talking about grief and so yeah. that was I, it just really made me think a lot about it but also the topic at hand is is these um relationships that boys have growing up right mm -hmm. and you know they get to a certain age that all of a sudden you know it becomes it, it's not masculine enough 
And, and you see that in the film, you see that very moment where everything changed. And I mean, I'm a girl, so like I haven't really thought about it. And it really, I, I listened to an interview with the director talking about how he one found the boys and how they approached them. And then just this relationship of, of men and how they're like best buddies and how he had done these, these interviews with kids and then came back to them. I don't know if it was him or if it was a study he had read, came back to these boys at this particular, it's like right at this very moment of being a preteen and their relationships had completely changed. Mm. And I had never thought about that before. And I feel that the way that Lucas approached it was so delicate and so beautiful, but also just heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry to give you the one big, that like. Big sigh, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm doing my best to like keep the tears inside. Like yeah. it was just like, I mean, I showed up here late to you guys because like I need like more than a minute. Um, uh, yeah, this was a, a beautiful movie. First of all, I'm gonna talk about stuff that will make me cry. It's a beautiful movie. Um, like the, the it's colored wonderfully like it's so vibrant which is really cool my partner had commented on that and they just like i agree with it 100 percent. like it just it looks amazing it's so wonderful to watch i love their interactions and their friendships um yeah it was just i don't know it was so cool kind of just like picking up in the middle of it not necessarily having to explain anything but like the very first thing of them like playing the game you know yeah. it's like oh this is cool and that is something that like you said they're kind of preteens. like i don't know if we know exactly what their ages are i was assuming like 12 you know somewhere around there whatever but it's like yes it's an interesting time in life when everything just kind of like turns over you know and it's just like you know kind of have the thought of like i want they should probably be start wearing deodorant soon like maybe they're not yeah you know it's like it's that time <laughs> yeah. in your life where it's like how do you tell a kid like you know you you kind of smell <laughs> like it might be time for like <laughs> this kind of seemed like that age right there uh so to go through all that and then like the interaction with peers and how that can influence your life and your decisions and all that kind of stuff like um, like I said, just gets like, it's a amazing movie that deals with grief. I had no idea what was coming. Um, I watched the trailer after Clayton told us it was his favorite movie of the year, because that's just like a, a bold statement for anything, you know, just yeah. for someone to say like, Oh, this is my favorite movie of the year. I mean, we went through Ethan when, you know, you and I were on the everything everywhere train and that ended up being my favorite movie of the year and you switched to after sun. I was like, okay, holy yeah. shit. All right. Like, <laughs> hold on. I got to see this. And again, it's another movie that just like had me in tears the next day. Like I was like at my desk crying. I was like, my God, that's such a beautiful movie. <laughs> like it's so good. Like Ethan was right. That asshole. Um, <laughs> finally, 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 he got God, something. Couldn't catch a win with Tar. <laughs> couldn't catch a win with Babylon. Finally get the after sun win. Got it with after sun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I just like, I loved this movie. It hit a lot closer to home than I was anticipating. Um, but yeah, like, I don't really know how to talk about it outside of that. Like, I just, I really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's a beautiful watch. I'd recommend it to anybody. And just, it was great storytelling. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I think this movie is really powerful. And which I think is, to me, a bit surprising for the sh shorter runtime, right? It's one hour yeah. and 44 minutes. Yeah. So I think it, it uses that time exceptionally efficiently. Um, I really, I, I did overall really enjoy the movie. And there were several moments where I think that I, like, you know, we'll talk about it in true cinema, but there there is a moment when um, Leo is is kind of getting a cast put on his arm and he broke his arm. And he just starts crying. He just like breaks down and cries. And it was just like sick. I'm crying with you, buddy. Like that. Yeah. Like we're crying together now. And I loved that aspect of the movie and how raw and authentic that display of like how powerful grief is and how different people process it in different ways. And and him specifically, how um it kind of came in ebbs and flows and life kept moving on. Right. Um. But I think just sorry, I'll say one thing about that. One thing I really liked about that, too, is how um, sincere and gentle the doctor was trying to be. Yeah. You know, he's like, I know hurting your arm, you know, that like really hurts. And it's like that, like this whole last half of the movie was just 
a roller coaster ride of Leo's emotions, you know, it's just like crying. It's like, boom, cut to the hockey game. It's like, let's go guys. It's like, and that's what it's yeah. like to be a kid. And, you know, sometimes, you know, to be an adult, which is like, like you said, life moves on. I just, I love that scene because the doctor was trying to be caring. He was trying to like give him empathy. He's like, oh man, I know, you know, hurting your arm. The kid's like, dude, this, my arm has nothing to do with this. <laughs> like I'm crying about something Not, so yeah. much bigger. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt your point, but that just, that really stuck out to me. Just how, how jarring all the tone shifts were, but obviously how intentional that was. Yeah. Cause like you can't control that stuff. You know, I think it's interesting too, cause you, you kind of lead into my point and possibly why I'm maybe not as high on this movie as both of you seem to be. Um, I, again, like totally deserved of that Oscar nomination for sure. It does to me feel like um, kind of a split of like two stories. And I think I, mm-hmm. I resonate with each of them individually very well. And I don't know if I liked them necessarily put together. Like it is, like you said, Ben, you were not expecting and we're in spoiler territory. So, you know, the, the fact that Remy dies about halfway through the movie and we get that very stark shift into, um, you know, this life of grief, which understandably is, is, kind of a smart storytelling device to put us in Leo's emotions, this roller coaster, because he didn't know it was happening either. And it just, and it just caught him off guard. And so we feel very similar to that. Um, but I think that, you know, initial 40 minutes that we get to spend with Leo and Remy discovering their friendship and kind of, um, figuring out what this world is at this age with that, you know, like, uh, social stigma of masculinity yeah. and what does a friendship mean and when do we lose that childhood innocence between us? Um, I, I I thought that was displayed so wonderfully and eloquently um, and I loved, just love their relationship. Like Ben, you mentioned, we just pick up they're playing a game. They're just like yeah. having fun and, you, and, and you, you're 15 or 20 minutes in and you're like, I could just like live with these kids. This is great. Like I'm really enjoying what we're, what we're going through um, so we'll, we'll continue to talk about that. I'm curious kind of how you guys feel. Um, I did want to ask, um, Jessica, is there a certain maybe first half, second half or a certain act of the movie that you liked more resonated more with? Cause it does feel like it kind of has that clear and concise mm-hmm. different storytelling to each section. Oh, absolutely. That moment. And Ben, you said you didn't really like know what was going to happen, but like, I could just feel it like that mm-hmm. was the moment that was coming that they were going to say what happened to Remy, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, I knew. And that's when I'm just like all the tears, yeah. all the emotions. And um, I don't think one, I, I, I'm listening to you talk, Ethan. And I remember thinking like, like, Oh, like, like, do these boys love each other? Mm-hmm. And, and the, conversation in my little head while I'm watching this movie is like is this like and like a friendship love and intimate love and it didn't matter like these boys loved each other yeah and so when you have that shift when they're on the playground and 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 Remy gets put like pushed away essentially like that that shift in the whole movie um I, I don't feel that there was like one act that mm-hmm. meant more to me than another the first thing that comes to my mind is when leo goes to remy's mom's house and she gets yeah. him milk and he goes in the room and they just have this like it wasn't even a big conversation it was just a very intimate quiet moment and he like took this bus like to her work like yeah. <laughs> clear across town like just <laughs> this kid and you know and you could feel like his anxiety is probably the wrong word, but like you could just feel him just trying to get to her. And I yeah. think like that just really resonated with me a lot. Yeah. That was a good, uh, I mean, the, all those moments were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this might be our first episode that's done in black and white. So we can hide my bloodshot eyes. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't have people seeing this. Um, I loved the first act. Like you said, so there's a very distinct first and second act, even watching the trailer. I guess that's what I mean. I had no idea what was coming. Like I just thought it was a story about, you know, kids like coming to term with the sexuality. That's really what I thought this whole movie was going to be. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Like I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Let's, let's watch it. Like, 
this is what I, I want to see. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, a24 has done it before, you know, with Moonlight and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, these guys know how to tell this story. Let's see it again. Uh, and then, yeah, just like the rug pulled out because we get hints of it without like it being hit over our head. You know, when the mom's mm-hmm. like, unlock the door, you got to unlock the door or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know, is he like masturbating in the bathroom all the time? Is that why she wants it? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, it's kind of harmless. It, it doesn't, there's not a, a a real concern outside of just a motherly like i'm counting to three like okay yeah this uh, this kid locks himself in the bathroom so whatever um but then you know as everything unfolds you was like oh shit like that's why she wanted the door unlocked like that's fucking heavy <laughs> like to like go back and think about at that time um you know and again like my dumb brain like when you just show up to beach day it's like yeah he probably doesn't want to see his friend having fun with other people like yeah. i don't blame him for Colin and six like no I just want to stay home I don't want to like I can't go have fun at the beach right now uh and so just everything how it actually transpires and unfolds like oh this is this is intense um I, I just I love seeing their re- relationship blossom um and I guess kind of like fall apart as well like one of my favorite moments in this was you know when Remy tries to lay on Leo's stomach when there's Ooh, like out yeah. on the grass and then Leo's yep. just like rolling over is like uh i'm just hot like uh don't lay on me you know and that's like for me that was the real kind of tipping point of just like oh okay like he's he's making moves mm-hmm. to be like we got to separate ourselves like i can't have this happening um but yeah i mean if we're splitting between the two the first act obviously like we wouldn't be there with the second act without the first but i just i loved seeing their relationship build i was blown away at how quickly the second act comes in how, how quickly we get mm-hmm. this shift because I was like oh we still have like an hour left of this yeah. movie like this feels like yeah. a, another movie would have done this with 20 minutes left but this was like no we got an hour left we're gonna sit with leo and his feelings for the next hour it's like oh shit all right this is this is gonna get even more intense um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i mean the movie touches on a, a, a lot of that stuff really really well um and i i think one of the strong suits of the film is something that i like i know ben you like in movies too is like the ability to just wait the ability to just be there to just sit there and just listen to the silence and the birds and and the cars passing by and these things um and this impact that we get jessica you mentioned like the conversation with leo and remy's mom sophie um Mm -hmm. and you know i think that's really powerful stuff and um, I could absolutely see how someone that might not be as well versed in movies or in international movies or French films or anything like that could be totally turned off by this mode of storytelling or this pace of storytelling. Um, and, and to that effect, I, I ask if, if you find yourselves in those shoes, just please, you know, like give it a chance and sit with it and let it simmer and let it you know, kind of wash over you a little bit. It is, again, like only an hour and 44 minutes. Like that is shorter than pretty much any other movie that's that's even coming out right now. Um, and, and it utilizes that short runtime very, very well. And I think it's really impactful in that nature. Um, so I think there's a lot of strong suits to the movie. I didn't, I didn't feel like there were any pacing issues. Like it didn't feel abrupt anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. death is abrupt, right? <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I was just thinking as as you're talking, Ben, like clearly the the family knew that they had this relationship, right? They were always having sleepovers. They were out in the field yeah. with the flowers. Like so it makes you wonder if like either of them I don't think either of them ever had a conversation with their family about this shift because their families knew that they just loved each other. Mm. You know, like they're like brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I th- I think that that that's like just an interesting thought. Yeah, you guys ready to do some uh, true cinema? Start rolling through the movie here. Let's let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh, first off, we're gonna kick it off with the uh, story of the duck and the lizard. Um, I thought this was a an excellent way to set the tone for Leo and Remy and what their relationship is, and see. <laughs> how much Remy means to Leo and vice versa and how Leo understands him. He, he can, he can put him to bed. He can literally calm him so much that he can put him to sleep. And 
Um, I, th- I think it is a perfect introduction and kind of, you know, metaphorical story of like who they are and who they see themselves as and what they see their relationship as. Um, and, and I, I thought it was a really sentimental, great way to start the film. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, it's another one of those things where even the shot we get afterwards, we just hold on them sleeping mm-hmm. for probably like 20 seconds, something like that. Like, and it was just, it was great. It's like, yeah, this worked. Like, this is, again, their connection, their love for each other. Like, Leo knows how to help Remy, all that kind of stuff. And I just loved us hanging on that shot afterwards of them just, like, snuggled up together. And it was, all, and it, but it was like that every time that they had that moment, right? It's like, there was no, you know, until later after the the moment on the playground, like, there was no, that's just what they did. Yeah. You know? It was just symbiotic (laughs) you know it it really was just them it was like their world and so you know I like that you mentioned the the calming like I you could feel that while watching it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. uh I put on napping at school Ben you mentioned this as well kind of when they're uh Remy's trying to kind of nap on Leo and Leo keeps rolling over um and that's when you really get that first taste of like, okay, their their relationship might not be as steady as we thought, or they're kind of growing through this new season of what their relationship means. Um, I put on here next for um, eating spaghetti. We get a, a pretty good eating spaghetti scene. Uh, Jessica, I don't know if you've seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Ben, I know we've covered it here on the pod. Uh, better spaghetti eating scene. This, this movie's got people wiggling their ears, and then Killing of a Sacred Deer has... Um, I don't know, probably the weirdest guy ever on screen eating spaghetti <laughs> in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> yeah, when you have Barry Kilgan eating spaghetti, just like staring at you. Across like, from Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, that stuff definitely sticks with you. Um, but I I liked this a lot too, because I know we've talked about it, but just how accepting all the families were. Like, it felt like Leo mm-hmm. slept over there all the time. All the time, You know, yeah. as a kid growing up, it was like, not on a school night, you know? But it's just like, that wasn't this relationship. It was like, yeah, you know, like, we'll feed you. Like, you're here all the time. Like, you're just part of the family. And I just, I love seeing their dynamic together. All of them, like, the the mom, her, doing her version of it and stuff like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was very cool to see. Yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun moment. Sorry, I can't, I can't get that reference. I'm going to have to go <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's okay. You and listeners alike. Look, if you haven't seen it, just Google "Killing with Sacred Deer Spaghetti." I'm sure, I'm positive that it'll pop pop up on YouTube. Um, that'll yeah, that'll haunt you for sure. Uh, next on the list here, sleeping on the ground, and then um, kind of beginning that fight. Uh, where Leo does move to the ground, and then wakes up and finds Remy next to him again, and is frankly kind of off put and pretty upset that Remy followed him and. You know, I think there's a lot to read into there. I think it definitely is a a multi-layered, um, pretty complex message and relationship that we're dealing with. And, you know, we have Leo that's that's trying to create his own space, find his own identity within his age group and his new, you know, set of friends at school and getting into hockey and kind of trying to distance himself from this exceptionally um, close relationship with Remy. And then you have Remy, who's not on that same wavelength. And obviously, they do not communicate it. They are they are young boys, and that that is not in their kind of bag of you know tools to figure out how to work through this. And that kind of escalates into a you know a little bit of biting and getting pretty mad at each other. Uh, I I thought the pacing, um, you know, to get to this moment was good, and and it felt right, and it felt natural that we were kind of starting to see these bigger escalations between them uh but it broke my heart that leo moved to the ground and then it broke my heart that he was mad that remy came back to the ground and it's like dude he just loves you like let's yeah. you know let's just platonically or not like it's just <laughs> they're come on he's just your guy so um but i i, I thought this was a great scene yeah it was well, a, oh sorry go ahead just oh no i was just gonna say especially since that's how they had been their whole life you know mm-hmm. like it's just so interesting how quickly the relationship changed. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Like it just, it goes through so quickly. Um, we go through this, like, 
this change with them. And it is all kind of like encapsulated in this scene here. Um, and just watching them kind of fight. And again, like you said, like go from playful to just like, until they mm-hmm. both just like go to their own beds and just like turned away from each other backs to each other and just like dealing with it. And it's like, man, it was just, it was an intense scene to watch because you could tell how genuine they were about like how frustrated they are. Cause I mean, I mean, this doesn't relate, but it kind of does, but you know, I don't know if anyone listening here, or whatever has had, has a dog, but there are times where I just want to like, go pick up my dog even though she hates it and I just I'm always like let me love you you know and that's kind of how I feel about this scene where Remy's just like let me love you man like just let me like let me lay on the bed next to you like don't don't be weird about this so that's kind of what I felt like when I was watching this like when I go to pick up taco it's like just let me love you just chill out like I'll give you some I'll give you some uh some personal uh story on that I do that with my kids as well like I'll just go to them and just you just hold them and you're just like let me god damn it just let me love you come on and yeah. they just don't want it to happen you know so wanna. i'll give you some validity on that fact um my my mom has a great dane mastiff mix mm. and she's still a puppy her name's delilah and when she was just a puppy and i'm allergic but i'm like i just want to hold you and she's <laughs> she's a chicken and so now she's like getting used to me but she would just like run away but i'm just like exactly uh next on the list we have the fight at school this is kind of the big escalation moment right for remy and leo and um they have to be held back by teachers and remy even escapes one of them and tries and and really really um an emotionally gutting moment to realize um that you know i i I think what is so special about this movie is that it is very particular in the ages that it chose mm-hmm. to walk this story, right? Because if you have a moonlight situation, if you have a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. you um, then kind of uh, naturally and narratively want to shift towards their relationship and their commu- communication abilities because that's something that they can do and they're mature enough to do. We're not quite there yet with Leo and Remy, and this is how they solve that, and this is how they feel is the only way to communicate and leading up to no, I think after this scene, there's like kind of a group therapy scene. And, um, there's a kid that mentions, you know, I, most of the time I cry out of anger. And I thought that was a really smart script choice to kind of relate back to how Remy felt. And the fact that he probably did do that a lot as well, um, regarding their relationship. After this, we get the, the big reveal on the bus. Remy is no longer with us. Um, Jessica, how did how did this feel getting to this scene? Did you have any idea it was coming? Uh, and you know what what was it like for you? Well, let me say I have a lot of loss in my life, <laughs> and I knew as soon as I saw that bus shot, I was like, I know exactly what is coming. Mm. And then I was just like, all the waterworks were on for basically like the rest of the film. <laughs> um, I, I don't know the the film the mood just shifted mm-hmm. in that like in that actual shot. So mm-hmm. yes, I feel that I did see what was coming for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you, yeah. I just have a quick question. Do you guys feel, did you feel a sense of time between when the first kids like made the comment about, Oh, are you guys like a couple to when, to when that fight in this, do you feel like it was a couple days? Do you feel like mm-hmm. we're like in a week's time? Like, did you guys get any indication of yeah. like a timeline? I feel like for me, the way I was keeping track of time and I don't, I'm, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's like how good he got at skating. Uh, Cause at first he's like, he sucks, you know? And then by the end he's like doing the backwards, like crossing his legs and stuff. And that to me, like granted like you spent a time, you could do that quickly. But for me, it was just like, it, it felt like it was a few weeks because it felt like there was, I think they had like maybe played a game or something by that point. Like he was, he was proficient on the ice at that point. And so for, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's how I was keeping track of it. Like, well, if he's been doing this, you know, for a little while, probably took at least a couple of weeks or something. So that, that was my guess basically. Yeah. I, I took a similar idea. I think, you know, the, the film goes back to these hockey trainings and playing soccer on the schoolyard um, quite a bit. And I kind of use those like each scene as a day or two days or whatever it might have been, um, right, to kind of, like, get to the next school day or the next playtime. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in the same boat. I think at, at a minimum, it was probably like at least three or four or five days. I think it takes a couple, maybe three weeks to get to that, to understand that. And, and, you know, to boil to that point, um, I feel like those comments have to be coming, not maybe not consistently, but definitely more than once, right? That is something that, that is new to them to experience and those questions and the, you know, the homophobic comments that they're getting from peers that are kind of starting to learn that language and, and be molded and shaped by what society sees and says, um, I do think is at least, you know, a few weeks in, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Ben, how did the, how did the bus scene hit you, dude? I didn't know it was coming either, but I I know you definitely didn't know it was coming. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a ton of bricks, basically, you know, it's like, it's slowly you see it unravel and stuff, but then it was more as it was happening. It was like, no, no, it's like, this isn't it. You know what I mean? Like this can't be yeah. what's going on. Like, again, like I told you guys my thoughts of, I just thought he just didn't want to see Leo having fun at the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I just need a personal day. And like, I get it, man. Just like stay home from school. That's cool. Um, so for it to jump to this, you know, then it's like your parents are here. We only go to the gymnasium. I was like, what, what like, what is going on here? And then, Obviously, you know, it made sense that it like centers around our protagonist here. It's like, oh shit, this is like, this is a lot. Um, and having the mom come on and, and I don't know, it just, yeah, it hit me super hard. I love the whole sequence though, of just like then him running off and riding his bike and mom driving behind him mm-hmm. as he's doing that and then yeah. like running through the field and then just looking through the window and seeing the door and just like, Oh, that's for, yeah. for me. I'm like, Oh shit. That's right. I remember the, what you died about the bathroom earlier. Like that's crazy that she got to the point where she had to kick the door down. Cause he wasn't responding just, you know, how everything registers when you're watching that. Um, so yeah, that, that scene hit me super hard. It was very effective. Mm-hmm. I've only got a few more on the list here. Like I said, I kind of felt like the first 45 minutes of this movie are a lot more kind of applicable to this true segment style that we have here on the pod, um, where I felt like the back hour um, was a lot more deliberately chopped up and lived in moments and bits and pieces over a longer period of time. Um, So the three I wanted to call out, number one, I have Remy's dad crying at the dinner table. I thought this was exceptionally powerful. And uh, like I said, if I see somebody legitimately crying on screen for a sad reason, I will probably also cry. And so like seeing this, this guy, this grown man who, um, you know, is, is having dinner with this family that he has grown so close with um, and, you know, talking to his his son and you know Remy's Remy's brother and um that whole relationship and talking about normal things of like cool you're you know oh you're back to work and like that's great and things are going good and like I want to yeah when I graduate I want to go on a I want to travel for a year and these things and like it just fucking hits you and yeah. and and that's a hundred percent true and um you know I I lost a really good friend uh about four months ago and and so I can attest to that where you're just like fuck. Like this, damn it. Like, and now I'm just going to cry a lot. And so I thought that was really, really, really powerful. Um, I'll quickly mention the other two and we can kind of like go back over them. Uh, The conversation with Remy's mom, uh, Sophie, about plants. I thought this was uh, really smartly written and, you know, a great metaphor for Leo learning to plant the flowers in their, in their farm, in their garden, and both of them agreeing and understanding that um when you know when you get used to it it is easier like life is easier right and yeah. the, and in reference to planting flowers right but Ooh. that's that's literally how it is right like when you when you do it more and more and more and more days pass and more moments pass it just becomes easier and that's that's just part of life uh final 10 minutes leo tells sophie that it was his fault she tells him to get out of the car they have a big moment in the forest and then essentially Remy finds himself staring at an empty house, which I think is a very intriguing final 10 minutes. So I want to kind of break that down separately. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the the dinner table and then the conversation with Sophie? Yeah, I mean, just that, that dinner table conversation hit really hard, too, because 
he was dad was keeping it together for the most part but then yeah it's like you hear someone else talking about what they're going to do with their future and just like it's, yeah. oh i'm never going to hear my kid talk about this you know it's just like you just see it slowly kind of drift over him and then the mom going outside and stuff it's like that stuff just that's got to be super difficult as much as you want to just like be there and celebrate that person's like achievements and what they're going to get to do. And so like, Oh, that's so cool. You can't help but think about yourself and just like, Oh, this is something I'm never going to have this conversation with my kid. Um, super hard. So that was, I thought that was a a very powerful scene. I I think showing an adult giving that emotion to that. Um, I mean, how often is that hidden? Nobody wants to cry in front of anybody. You know, and and the fact that he he did, I, I think that was a, a, just a really beautiful moment. Yeah. I agree. They're um, making me all teary eyed over here. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I hope it's not showing on. <laughs> I was I was just <laughs> thinking, this is a heavy pot. This is a big one. This is a heavy one. Um, I I just you didn't. There was just one part that didn't get mentioned on your notes, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. But him playing at that concert. Yeah. Like that, and then them going to the concert at the end, and like him not being there, but them all being there, like, was just, just stunning. Like such a moment. (laughs) I don't know. I have no words. (laughs) Again, I I think it's a really, really phenomenal look at how life happens during grief. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't. It just doesn't end. Like the band continues to learn their music and they keep playing, Mm -hmm. and like that's that's Mm -hmm. just that. And and your life will never be the same, but things keep going um i am curious because sometime you know past in the in the final few minutes of this movie the final like five minutes essentially after we get this big moment with sophie um which quite frankly i'm a little lukewarm on like their um kind of big emotional reconciliation i'm not quite sure how i feel about that um you feel it needed to be like more grandiose um yeah, you know, I I think I think Sophie's and again like that's the point. I know that this is the point. Like the point of Remy dying and nobody knowing it was coming is because that is what happens. That is shocking to yeah. you and shocking to life, right? And so Sophie has her own way of dealing with her son's loss, you know, her son going and and when Remy or when Leo said, you know, um it's my fault and she just said get out, mm-hmm. I I was startled and it just didn't sit right with me. And I, but I think that's the point, right? I think that Sophie has her own emotions of how she's dealing with this. And, and if she heard that there was any sense that it was somebody else's fault, that's going to upset her. That's going to make her angry. Cause she could have saved that. And she could have kept that. Um, I do think lo- logistically and like outside of this, you know, movie suspension of disbelief, my guess is she probably should have known that Leo was a bit more responsible for this action possibly because they were together so often. Um, and we never saw that conversation or anything. Um, but then, you know, when Remy goes into the empty house again, like I guess Sophie learned that and was just like, we're out of here. And that is their own way of dealing with grief. But I, I think it's a little, a little short-sighted in the movie and I felt like at the very end like what's what's the next like what is what's next for Leo like I'm really curious how we deal with this next and you know we'll we'll probably never know um Ben do you, you have any thoughts on the on those final couple scenes yeah I mean again the conversation with mom was uh very powerful and even you know she I think she had some idea because she even asked like what happened between you guys like when they in the yeah. room so I think she knew but you never want to place blame anywhere. Um, I think the the instinct too, as I watched that scene, she tells him to get out. It's just, I think most movies and, you know, as a viewer, I'm just like, you can't tell the kids his fault. You know what I mean? Like, just be like, no, it's all good. Like he right. had his own mental health issues, whatever. But for her to be like, get out, it's like, oh, okay. Like she's, I mean, she knows what she's got to do. She's like, I just need, maybe for her, it's like, I need a minute. But mm-hmm. he took it as, you know, he took it how he took it. And there's just like, there's these emotions like what do you do with it you know like sometimes you don't know how to react you know like in those moments like i yeah i don't know we we don't need to go into like personal examples but there's just like (laughs) times when like you hear things just like i have no idea how to respond to this right Mm -hmm. now like this is 
this is way too much for me. Um, so and they're both experiencing trauma on different levels, yeah. right? Yeah, hundred percent. So she had a choice; she could have kept driving, but she got out of her car and she ran after him, yeah. and that was that's love, you know. Yeah. Even even though she was hurting so much inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I did enjoy um seeing that. I guess so, like she she had her time or whatever, and was like, I no, I need to go like help him know that it's not his fault. So. I liked that. I, I liked also just quickly going back to that conversation with all the students together and the kids are describing how they see Remy, you know, that yeah. one kid's like, Oh, he was like musical. And he was always happy. And there's like, Oh, you thought he was always happy. You know, it's like, I don't know, man. Like just, that, that's how we saw him. Like he always mm-hmm. seemed happy. And yeah. that's just kind of what it is. Like you said, like this whole movie really is just like it is in real life. It's like, Oh shit. I did not like, did not see that coming at all. It feels like it happens all the time when we hear about celebrity suicide, you know, like a, this example comes to mind because I recently just watched Miss Doubtfire. But it's like Robin Williams, like mm-hmm. I can like, was like, wait, what? You know, like I just, you, you just don't know. You're like, no, he's always made people laugh. He's always happy, whatever. But you just, no one really ever knows. And I think that's what this movie does a good job of is just like the reality of what, what it's like. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, okay, Jessica, what is your official true cinema selection here? What's the one thing that you are going to pick? Oh. I'm going to put you on the spot. You have to narrow it down. <laughs> to like one moment? One yeah. moment. It could be the best. It could be your favorite. It could be probably not the funniest. Stone. And this, this is going to be yeah. on the internet forever, so don't, <laughs> don't mess it up. Ever. Don't mess it up. Oh, <laughs> actually, right. I literally etch this into a stone and I mail it to you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. don't mess it up. <laughs> I, mean, I, am, I will be expecting <laughs> Um, You know, the uh, for some reason, this just like came to my mind, that very end scene when he is with his family and they are planting the flowers again mm. for a new season. Yeah. I don't know why that's just... The first thing that came into my mind mm-hmm. that just was part of their routine right it's a comfort and after all they had been through because he's not the only one experiencing the grief this mm-hmm. kid was part of their family so everybody in the family is going to be feeling it on some level and it just was the creation of this new new season that yeah. was just what popped into my mind right there no, how's that how'd that, i do that's, that's wonderful really good yeah i like that i mean <laughs> mine I'll, i'm gonna pick a different one but mine was similar which like him getting the cast off and just like mm-hmm. moving his arm is that same kind of thing it's like all right like you can't new you life. can't come in here and like you serve my pick i can <laughs> i can't i just did you can cut this out of the I was, pod i was letting out. you two go first so i could officially decide and that's all well, right but maybe you have different reasons so. true well, I was going on script. So mine that isn't on here, that isn't on the list that I liked a lot at the beginning and really just kind of let us know the dynamics of the relationship is I love when he's like practicing the oboe and he's like, I'm going to be your manager. He's like, look, we're going to get the oboe celebrities. You're going right? to be, you're going to be huge. You're going to tour the world. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Mexico? I just, I love that. He's just like hyping him up, you know, like this was yeah. just like, he was his flavor flave, you know, he's just like, just the hype man to yep. the most. Like we're going to tour the fucking world with your oboe skills, man. Like, and I just, I like that. Cause it was so sincere. It and he just, pure. Yeah, yeah. So pure. So exactly. Yeah. And I love that because I think you could read in his eyes either way, whether it was like a romantic love or a platonic love. Mm -hmm. Again, like it doesn't actually matter to the story at all. I don't think, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. but you could just see this deep love he has for his friend. And he's just like, wants to hype him up. Like, dude, you are killing this. I'm going to be your manager. Like we're going to, we're going to run the world. And I, I loved that. I just, to me, it just really spoke to their relationship and just how deep and, and sincere and wonderful it was. Did you guys have a moment where you realized because you were thinking about that romantic relationship in the first, what, 15, 20 minutes where you were, where you switched to that? It doesn't matter. Did you have that moment? Yeah. I don't know exactly what the moment was. I think I was falling back on other tropes or something like that, or what I would expect of the kid, like us dealing more with Leo's feelings of like, Oh, actually I am gay. I just don't want them to call that, call it out or Remy, right. you know, it's like, well, what's wrong if you're gay? Like who cares? But we don't really ever address that, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that I had an exact moment, but there was a point where it's like, yeah, it actually doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like really at all, like what their relationship is, like it's just been affected because 
Leo's been affected by someone else talking about it. Yep. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, so I don't know. Like I, that's that's a great non-answer for me per usual. But <laughs> it's fair. just at Dodge. some point it was just like, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't matter at all. I don't know. You know, in retrospect, the the brief scene where uh, Leo is basically, you know, questioned, why are you guys so close all the time? Are you guys together? Um, his his answers are, are, are pure. They're authentic. They are yeah. literally what is in his mind of like, no, we're just so close. We're almost brothers. Like, we just, yeah. we're just close. We just love being together. And, you know, title, title be damned, like, that is exactly what this movie is. It's just yeah. how close are you with those that are around you? Uh, so I think, I think that moment, ultimately when I watched it the first time, it was very much like, oh man, that sucks. Like this must be really hard for Leo. Cause he's, he's trying to figure out how he feels about Remy and he's probably going to come out to him and tell him that he loves him. And like under that scope, like it could totally play out like that. But then when, when you see, and when you go back, um, you really realize like, oh cool. Like the girls that are asking the questions, like sometimes you're just like society sucks, you know? Yeah. And like, that's, that's, that's just that. And so like, it, it does suck and it doesn't suck for Leo. It just is a bummer. Like that is how people, you know, view that. Um, I'm sticking to it. My favorite scene is like the 15 seconds that he gets his cast off. And he, and he, what I think is really powerful about that, not the fact that, that he cries so well. And, and the actor Eden, uh, Dambreen, I believe is sublime in this movie. It's unreal. Um, the fact that the doctor, asks him to to move it and he moves it around and i took that as a very telling metaphor of once once you have a a wound or an injury or or grief or something like that and you know you give it enough time and you you help it enough in the right ways when it's ready you can move from that you can move and you can start to be flexible and you can start to do other things and you know, I think this movie is really layered with those visual metaphors. Uh, you know, when he's when he's playing hockey and what leads up to him breaking his arm, no matter how many pads he puts on, no matter how much gear he tries to protect himself with, he still gets a broken arm. And it and it comes out of nowhere and he just gets hit with it, right? And I it's literally exactly what what grief is doing in this film. Uh, so I think there there's a lot of powerful moments for sure. Can we just um, talk about this kid really quick? Yeah. This is literally yeah. his only it's credit both. on IMDb. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Like no yep. TV, no shorts, no nothing. Yep. Just this movie. That's so the director, the director went around to schools and specifically picked out these two boys and had them come in to auditions over and over again. Wow. Like I'm going to send you guys the link to the, to the interview that I read because it was, incredible hearing about how he picked these boys yeah i would love that's to read that crazy that's amazing that's really yeah. cool uh okay a1 acts we have two a1 acts ben you mentioned this is like the first movie that most of these people have done lucas don't i believe had a movie prior to this neither i don't think any of us have seen it Mm-mm. um so we're gonna go with best international feature film nominations uh close did not win you can pick a winner if you want to pick a winner it's totally up to you um i have a short list obviously there's like hundreds of options here but here is the the best international short list here uh Rochamon, the virgin spring through a glass darkly eight and a half cinema paradiso life is beautiful all about my mother crouching tiger hidden dragon pan's labyrinth dog tooth incendies the hunt the square uh you know which triangle of sadness shout out ruben uh Oslin, shout yeah. out ruben oslin um roma parasite no. <laughs> uh parasite another round drive my car the worst person in the world and all quiet on the western front uh ben what's your pick i have an idea but oh. i tried to put it on the list so you might not pick it <laughs> so you would pick it. <laughs> um, i'm curious to hear what you think it would be um I am going off list here. While one of my favorite movies of all time is on this list, okay. I want to take the opportunity to talk about A Prophet. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, a French film about a petty thief who ends, goes to jail and basically works his way up the hierarchy, kind of like the becomes like an assassin and a drug trafficker within the prison. Um, and yeah, just like his rise to success and all that kind of stuff. 
it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, if you enjoy the movies of Ryan Coogler, this is his favorite movie of all time as well. Um, wow. So I definitely recommend checking out A Prophet. Uh, it was, we covered it recently on the other podcast, three films and a podcast um, coming up. And it was just like, man, it was such a good movie. So, you know, I like to go off, off the list as much as possible. Um, but I will shout out also Rashomon. Like if you haven't seen it, check out Rashomon. It's one of like Kurosawa's best movies ever. It's so good. Yeah. Rashomon's good. I thought you were going to go with Parasite. I know you're oh, a Parasite yeah. boy. I mean, I'm staring at my Parasite poster right here. Like, <laughs> See? I, I could have, God. and I probably should have. Dang. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a profit. That's fair. Jessica, what are, you, uh, what are you rolling with for this A1 act here? Don't worry, I'll pick Parasite for you. Hell then. yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Parasite was my first um, actual Asian film in the theaters. Nice. And nice. I believe I saw it twice because I loved it so much. It was just so different from anything I had ever seen I loved the way they filmed it like it just had that like dark tone to it um like actual filming um and I just I love the like turn at the end like what the heck? Yeah. yes Great yes movie. and I, I need to give that one a rewatch for sure yeah, I picked up the Criterion Edition when they had their last sale. I got to pop it on the old uh, 4K player there. That'd be good. Yes. Um, look, I this definitely made me confront the fact that I have a big problem watching older international films. I have not seen a lot of older international films. I have seen Rashomon. Uh, I have seen um, a few of these on the list, and I just recently watched uh, Cleo from 5 to 7, which is not nominated for Best International, but a wonderful uh, 60s French uh, Agnes Varda film. I am going to go with um, The Worst Person in the World. I fucking love this movie. I think it is phenomenal, and it is everything that I like in a movie, and it has probably one of the coolest smoking scenes of all time uh smoking okay. on screen is great and this one has it so um that's what i'm going with second one we've got our movies about grief i just have a short kind of like a really short list here um big fish truly madly deeply up uh three colors blue p.s i love you extremely loud and incredibly close rabbit hole and field of dreams if you google movies about grief it's it's a pretty wide net i'm gonna be honest with you a lot yeah. of people uh, think a lot of movies that are probably not actually about grief can be about grief, and that's okay. Like that's totally you. You do what you want to do. Um, but I wanted to keep it a little, little honed in for our uh pod here. Jessica, what are you going with for your A one act? Oh, I I'm actually going off list. Nice. I'm allowed yes. to. Oh, you got, you're turning on it. me. Oh, come it. on. I'm going with beaches. Oh fuck okay. yeah, beaches <laughs> rules. So Beaches came out um, just right, um, I think it just came out like right before I lost my mom. And I have seen that movie probably a million times. And, you know, it not only does it deal with grief in the death, but also grief in, in the, the loss of friendship, right? Mm. Over, over the time from them going, being young and, and getting older and moving on with life and, and how relationships change. So that is my grief pick. Nice. I just oh. added it to my watch list on Letterboxd. So yes. thanks, Jessica. Oh, You're welcome. Yeah. But don't watch the new one, just the old Bette Midler one. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I added. Oh, I didn't even, know there was I didn't even, didn't yeah. even think about it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's um it's interesting. We do a segment on my other pod called Elevator Pitch where you like pick a scene from a movie to hook someone, like if they mm -hmm. hadn't seen it before. And Beaches is like the perfect example of just showing them the intro. Because if you're not mm -hmm. hooked by the intro, like the moves she makes in that first like two minutes, it's like, okay, I have to know what happens next. You know, and like yeah. there are some movies that do that, you know, like uh, I don't know, Inglorious Bastards, like you get that mm -hmm. conversation, you're hooked in, all that kind of stuff. But Beaches for me was just the one where it's like, oh, I would just show them the first like three minutes of the movie because if you're not invested at that point, you're not going to be invested. But like yeah. it's, yeah, it's so good. Ethan, both of us want to hear your review after you see that because beaches is awesome right. wait you've never seen beaches no that's why i added no, it to the watch say, list. he just added it to his watch list a special beach. Beach. i special... like a rewatch oh, no man watch. beaches pot <laughs> coming up <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be waiting for my rock and my beaches review 100 <laughs> both will get mailed um, to you physically yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm also going off the list here 
And it's funny you mentioned beaches because I feel like I'm talking about the other podcast so much and I don't mean to, but it actually ties into it because we did a round where we, we wanted to focus on multiple female leads. Um, and in the same round that we did beaches, we also covered steel magnolias. I knew it. Good one. Which is, um, I think a pretty, I mean, it's a fantastic movie, a great cast. Also having just watched Miss Doubtfire, got to talk about Sally Field. Like she's, she's so good in this. Um, so I, I want to mention Steel Magnolias. It's another one. Have you seen it, Ethan? No, but it's on my watch list because it I knew you guys be. were talking about it on the pod. So I was like, oh, Steel Magnolias. Have great. Watched it. <laughs> uh, but the one I'm going to pick that was just another like super gut punch of a movie is Manchester by the Sea. Um, okay. I don't know if either of you have seen that, but mm-hmm. God damn, man. Well, you, guys <laughs> so are ki- you guys are killing me. <laughs> don't watch it tonight after watching Close. Like, it is like, it's it's super heavy. Not it a double so feature. Heavy. You'll be all in your Philly. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Uh, but that's what I would go with because they're, yeah, that movie at some point is just like, it really is a gut punch. So, um, what want- dreams may come is also another one. Yeah. I was going to say that one first, and mm. I was like, no. Beaches is my go-to. Yeah, let's keep the Miss Doubtfire thing going here. I like it. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to, like, shout out Steel Magnolias, but my pick is Manchester by the Sea. Nice. Nice. Okay, I'm swerving left. I'm going off the list, and I'm not going with a conventional grief film. Oh, so you're and... one of these people that casts a wide net that you're just sucking <laughs> shit on? I understand? Okay. Like, I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to preface. I got to come say in with that. Just say you hate up. Just say you hate takes. up and let's move on. Let's... Up fucking rules, okay? And unlike Chris Ryan, I have seen the film, I promise. Um, up is great. I did consider it. I was like, man, up is pretty good. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm actually going to go with, uh, considering we are an A24 pod, I'm going with Hereditary, man. They lose okay. their daughter Ooh. and they grieve yes, in the most horrific un great ways possible it is it, yeah. just it's it's crazy um you know and uh yeah hereditary is great i need to rewatch it but i think that's a really interesting devilish demented look at at how you can deal with grief uh grief oh, well you can just hear, like hear tony collette when you talk about this you can just hear her like screaming like yeah her cry scream like Oof. i watch it every time it's on, it's on showtime i'm like i'm watching this again and i'm covering my eyes yeah. during that one scene like every time even though i know what's happening i am yeah. your mother uh okay yeah. what's our what's our a24 rankings jessica i'll let you go first uh you've got you've got freedom here you can go a through f24 you can throw some pluses or minuses in there if you need to what are you giving close I- I I for sure would give it an A24 just because of how I felt when I walked out of the film and I'm on like Marco Polo with my cousin just like sobbing yeah. and I was like oh, I just saw this film and yeah for sure an A24. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm with you. There's part of me that want to take the easy route and just claim jet lag and exhaustion having just got back from japan it's like i was traveling for like 30 plus hours like it's fine that i cried for 10 minutes after the credits rolled like that's it was that True. yeah but honestly i just i would have been crying like that anyway so um i'm also going with an a24 for this wow nice okay two a24s I feel a little pressured right now, if I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like oh. I got to I got to go for the triple header here, but I'm going to I'm going to be honest. Um I'm going to I'm going to stay true. I'm going to give it a B24 and um you know, it was nominated for best international. Like that's yeah. totally that makes sense, totally deserved. I do think the performances are are just beyond stellar and uh moment by moment kind of breaking it down. I think there's a lot to say and a lot that's worth it. Um I just for me, don't know if it all was um, as cohesive as I was hoping I would maybe connect to, but I can also blame that a little bit on how I had to watch it. I had to watch it, uh, you know, with my my kids running around the house, kind of coming into my room and, you know, I got to help this. I got to pause the movie there. And so, um, you know, it, it I didn't have that 110% um, kind of attention that I so uh regularly preach that you should have when you watch a movie so you know what are you gonna do we'll revisit this one day for sure ben you bought it on voodoo and you texted me and you're like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna like it enough to warrant a buy and uh, i feel like i feel like that panned out good yeah i don't know how soon i'm gonna rewatch it because i don't feel like i need to like (laughs) cry until like i don't know november or something but um (laughs) yeah i'm glad that i think it was a right call because this was like a a good one for sure 
yeah, this was a good one. Uh, next week on the pod, we are planning to cover Kelly Reichert's new feature film, Showing Up. Uh, we will we will see if uh, we can show up to uh, some screenings <laughs> of that movie. It's already been out for a few weeks, so um, we'll see what we can what we can manage we're kind of in that weird gray zone between like theatrical release and vod release with the movie so um we'll see possibly a mystery pod episode uh keep you on your feet and keep you guessing jessica thanks so much for coming on the pod this was incredible thank you for ruining ruining our lives with this movie and making (laughs) us so sad um if people want to find more of you uh where where can people find you at uh just my handle at sweepy jess that's everywhere instagram twitter Twitter, I mostly talk about about film and pop culture. Nice. So, oh yeah, that's all that yeah. matters. And, pick- and then my Instagram's all cake. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, nice. perfect. Yeah, I that's love it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, or I mean, if you just follow us, you'll just see me adding Jessica every time I watch this movie <laughs> and blaming her. So yes, uh, I'm here for you it. You can find us through that there as well. Um, but yeah. You all heard our thoughts on close. We'd love to hear your thoughts on close. Um, it is a recommend, I think, from all three of us. Yeah. Even if Ethan mm-hmm. gave it the low grade of a B twenty four, it's fine. Ooh, this um, is not in uh, his feelings. <laughs> not his feelings at all. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think about the movie. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at twenty four minutes of a twenty four. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can see all of our. Beautiful faces and my bloodshot eyes. Um, I think I still have like tear streaks. Don't worry, here, I so. black I black and white this thing, dude. Don't okay, worry. good, perfect. I'm glad to hear that. Um, but yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. 